Oh, for sure, this is probably not a good idea, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> because <coughs> wisdom comes from experience, and experience comes from having no wisdom. <laughs> Meaning, of course, you don't know better, so you make mistakes. Anyway, welcome to the NeuroSpicyPodcast.com with your host, your boy Rocco. That's right, Mr. King Size Muscle, local 666269.com. Um, hopefully, somehow, one of those is working. I know I was having some difficulty the other day, so probably have to update the usual, some sort of payment form. Uh, blood child, some sort of promissory exchange of ancillary commerce of some kind. Unavoidable, unfortunately, in this part of the world, in this particular part of the metaverse, multiverse, matrixverse, whatever it may be, verse, superverse, perverse, hmm, could be so. <laughs> you know what that means that's right I'm on the other side of the mirror <laughs> oh man <laughs> I can't help it I just started thinking about Cheech and Chong, Cheech Marine, <laughs> that time he ended up in the fucking insane asylum thanks to Paul Rubens, right? And you steer him, bigger man. <laughs> he took their money, remember? It was nice dreams, right? <laughs> he was chained up and he was fucking hollering. <laughs> His balls itched. <laughs> And Timothy Leary, of course, made an appearance. That's about all he said. It's the same thing I'm saying right now, which he just kept laughing. Like, I'll give you a key, man. <laughs> There's not a key. Oh, yeah, that's a key. <laughs> How spicy can you be? <laughs> it's up to you, I think, on the Schofield scale. Oh, so the war on women continues back at home, of course. And aside from the huge uh, gaps in, of course, uh, money and power and orgasm and um, strength to a certain concept, even though I would say a lot of women are catching up in that department, which is good for them, as they should. Um, I think it's the only way it's going to make things ha sort of happen. Um, the biggest problem, of course, is the war on women is being fought by other women onto women. And that becomes very evident um, once I leave the country and then sort of look from a far away point of view instead of being right in the mix of it. Um, I think that's going to be the greatest challenge uh, on any sort of level or function uh, to get any kind of change to go in the way that we would hope that it would go, whether it comes to grassroots in mobilizing um, voters uh, 
um, especially in the face of voter suppression, a lot of the the other sort of long-term things to consider, I think, I guess, to make the changes that would be necessary with the current system. <clears throat> it's a challenge. I mean, you would think that women would support women, but I would suspect that if we look at the data, they're, they're equally divided um, down, not just between race and class and location, but the fact that, you know, there's many women that feel traditional or retro or I don't know how you want to um, display the honorifics in this case, um, but conservative women that feel like they want to have conservative theocratic fucking values rule over them and their 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 families and their daughters and their sons and so forth. Um, the thing that concerns me now, especially with the overturn of uh, Roe versus Wade in the sense that some of these states are going to force women to carry and, and I think some of the slack jaw, mediocre, little dick energy seems to be two guys riding around in the truck all the time. It seems to be the story that's going around. I don't know if it's an urban legend, but continually seeing um, stories from across the country, especially in some of these um, pro-life states, I guess, and it's always two guys in a truck. I'm like, what the fuck, right? It's never one dude on his own, yeah, Ted Bundy style. It takes two guys. That's that's a rapey, rapey um, scene. Um, not justifying either one of these types of violence and this aggression will not stand. And um, the fact that part of our country is degenerating into this sort of fucking... I don't know, archaic, Bronze Age fucking nonsense. So you can see why I got the fuck out. I just had to. Otherwise, it'd be constant engagement. Um, yeah, so between my own sanity and my own safety, um, from consequences and so forth, yeah, it's just best I... Sit at, sit it out on the side the sidelines, and just enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, which is you know doing this, <laughs> which is somehow entertaining to me. And late at night, um, still, um, maybe sixteen hours ahead of folks now. So we'll see what that turns into. If it turns into anything, it's hard to say. But definitely I am on an adventure. I'm on a quest. I am off-world. Um, I am resetting my own paradigms here to somehow go back to the future. There is more and more uh, stuff coming out about some of the larger remote viewing uh, projects um, that have come across our, our way over the years. And mostly it's uh, remote viewing uh, futurism. It's a tradition that uh, was started in the 
late 60s, early 70s, and of course, my father was pretty heavy into that program. Um, I'd say probably, yeah, mid to late 70s. I mean, his talent for automatic writing and remote viewing was was pretty, you know, um, well-known, yeah, especially the automatic writing. Uh, it's a shame that we don't have any record of those manuscripts. Um, we did try to recover them after his passing um, sometime soon, you know, but everything had been either moved or jettisoned or I don't know where, where, where it was. I mean, there was burn barrels and some of it was just burned, which is somewhat fitting, I suppose. But um, his automatic writing on the um, Superstition Mountains and uh, basically the treasure of the lost Dutchman, that was one of the sort of hyper... Uh, remote obsessions that he would often succumb to and later on proved to be fairly accurate um, for some of the discoveries that had happened over the years. Um, so his targeting was usually pretty good. Um, same thing if, if he could hold on to an object of uh, someone maybe that was missing a runaway or um, something like that. Um, he could do the targeting pretty well and and give you a fairly good assessment of where that person was in that moment, even though not knowing the person or the situation. And, of course, this is all pre-internet, so, you know, you'd have to follow up with phone calls or even a letter sometimes, uh, perhaps a telegram, I suppose. But, yeah, um, he was tapped several times to... Uh, find, you know, someone's missing daughter, uh, teen daughter had run off, you know, it's not uncommon back in those days in the 70s and 80s where kids would just take to the road. And of course, you know, they all ended up sort of in the same place, more or less, I mean, within, within, uh, oh, sorry, imaginary concepts, oh, you know, California, whatever it may be. So, yeah, um, he had he had a pretty good record on, uh, on targeting um, remote viewing for missing people. So, growing into that, also we used to do a lot of, you know, what we'd call homeschooling. <laughs> um, wasn't quite called that, you know. He had a, a different word for the for the knowledge, as he would used to say, but. Um, just different exercises. Um, a lot of it was different symbols, uh, hidden in envelopes, sort of like the, you know, the Johnny Carson Karnak kind of thing. Very funny in, um, Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney and, of course, Kevin Spacey, who's a piece of shit, but... Um, his performance of, of the spirit, you know, uh, guide, maim, or whatever it was. I think I see. You know, it's just, it's just fucking ridiculous. But for some people, that's kind of how it works, you know, especially when they start doing about remote uh, targeting or remote uh, censoring. 
Um, so early, early on, you know, you begin to get groomed ouch within the system itself. And uh, there's different assessments and benchmarks. And it's probably until you start to rebel from all of this nonsense because it is a type of um, type of child abuse <laughs> in some ways. It really is because basically you're you're manipulating children um, for a purpose or agenda that they did not choose. But I mean, fuck, that's life, right? <laughs> Essentially, in some ways. Um, so you know, how can you how can you get too too bent up about it. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's stories of other kids that uh, have been through horrendous uh, amounts of not only mental abuse, but even physical abuse um, related to some of this, you know, um, training, I guess. I don't know what the fuck the outcome of it was. I mean, um, if it, how much of it was actually sanctioned, how much of it was just personal narcissism. I mean, there's just no fucking way of knowing. Uh, obviously, there's no records of anything. So aside from experience and anecdotal um, crossing of the dots and eyes, and, and occasionally doing something like this will put me in contact with somebody else during that time. And um, we can sort of sometimes make a few more connections, um, connecting the dots of whatever it is that we've been superimposed with in this manifold, supposedly. Anyway, so uh, back to remote viewing. I mean, it is it is a skill set related to your subconscious, and, and, and I do believe um, some people have more of a natural talent for it than others, and some people um, can develop it in different ways. Um, and there's a lot of different materials and pathways on it. Of course, um, one of the biggest things of, is that's been out now lately is, um, looking at the gateway project again, seems to be the, the flavor of the month, um, in this area. Uh, and now we're moving into looking at some of the futurism that's been put together through remote viewing, over the years, um, looking at different targets into the future, and then almost trying to do it in a scientific way in the sense that you can um, survey remote viewers and ask them, you know, sort of the general question, what do you think will happen, you know, blah, 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 at this time period. Simultaneously, you can um, use non-remote viewers, I mean, just anybody as sort of a type of control, I mean, anybody else, I mean, I'd be like just asking you, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not some person who has um, gone into remote viewing or had these kind of experiences, and so, but, you know, you're here, so you must have an imagination, right, and if I say to you, okay, what do you think the future will be like, let's say, in... 50 years, or uh, maybe 30 years, okay, how about 10 years, and so having enough of that data input, you, you have to, you have to sort of look at it in a way that allows some sort of objectivity 
simultaneously with the subjectivity of the person that's giving you the information. Uh, in the sense that if I ask um, majority of people that listen to this, which would be people that speak English, um, and so that that does add an effective variable, as opposed to if I ask people in Spanish the question, or even in Chinese per se. Um, you know, th those are different effective variables. I think that sometimes are are not counted or discounted um, by a lot of remote viewers because it doesn't fit into the sort of normal scheme of of what they've been taught over the years. And so it's only those people that have kind of gotten out of the system and have done a little bit more world travel or have set up in other countries that, that sort of recognize there are a lot more effective variables um, sometimes with questioning um, for um, future targets or, or even regional targets, uh, whether it's a date target or a physical target. Anyway, digress, my, my bad. So um, when this project started in the 70s and they surveyed, I mean, hundreds of remote viewers or people that claim to have... Um, some ability in remote viewing or expressions in remote viewing, uh, there was a general construct that they'd come up with that, that seemed to have many common themes. And that's the thing about collecting data for research. And again, you think about pre-internet. So a lot of this had to be, you know, line by line on a piece of paper, and then someone had to go over it meticulously and uh, draw sort of different timelines and conclusions and look at different opinion boxes and say, oh, okay. And then finally come to, you know, sort of a compromised version of, of all the different inputs uh, based on pattern. Really, that's what we're looking for is pattern recognition. Simultaneously, we want to mirror that with um, just with the random people, you know, another hundred people that just gave their idea and say, was there any sort of pattern in there as well? Because again, if it's human subconscious that fuels um, reality as we somewhat suspect it does, and, and whatever that relationship is, we're still sort of defining, uh, are we projecting or is it being projected? You know, there's, you can debate which, either way. And so um, having those patterns from people that are purposely trying to use their subconscious and conscious um, uh, intent to break through to a possible future. And that's the thing we're trying to figure out is, is this a probability based on, on the best sort of scenarios from the group or um, is it fixed? Is it is it actually a fixed, like a fixed location, a fixed sort of thing? Multiverse would probably indicate that it would be a fixed, you know, it's one particular bubble, right, of reality. And, you know, it's done sort of uh, elegantly and cheekishly in the Doctor Strange movie. I haven't seen the other one, Everything Everywhere. I heard it's fantastic. I, I will. I just don't feel like spending that much money on it because <laughs> I have all these other subscriptions of, like, once it's there, I'll watch it. Obviously, it's got to be good because they've been charging a premium price for it for a little bit. But this was uh, something that, going back to uh, even the uh, 
the most maligned version, a film version of uh, of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and and where the they also go through a series of reality shifts. You know, I kind of remember they were on the uh, the spaceship, and then they were. Uh, probability engine was, you know, throwing them through different multiverses, and, and there was one point where they're all made of yarn, right? Ooh, ah, uh, which is funny, but in, along with some other different shifts. This, of course, was also uh, a theme in the multiverse. The Doctor Strange, sorry to um, spoil it for you if you have not seen it, but, but basically it's the same concept, is that the different universes or different multiverses obviously will have different properties. The same way that even within our solar system, different planets have different properties just simply because of fucking gravity, right? You know, to be uh, on the surface of like, like Jupiter or Saturn, you know, you'd, you'd have to be a giant because the gravity is like, you know, massively... Um, stronger than our own, as opposed to some of the other planets, or even the moon satellite, for example, where it, it's less, and so you have more power, you know, to jump or float or whatever else, based on our current bone structure. And so, uh, you know, it's 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 a concept of even going from the states to here in Thailand. That's why I do call it off-world because it, it's so different even though the learning curve here for tourists is pretty pretty acceptable uh considering other places that i've traveled based on you know the desire to have tourism but language and infrastructure and so forth um, in fact it's probably overdone in some places here um itself now that it's open and trying to um, bring tourists back um including all the new cannabis bars and cafes and so on, which is a fantastic adage to the adventure land that Thailand is for adults, uh, for the most part, uh, or those pretending to be adults. Um, and so these different sort of shifts in reality or worlds uh, do affect us. I mean, obviously, wherever you go, you're still you <laughs> whether it's on world off world in between worlds whatever it may be um you're still you and so you still got to do the work and still not be an asshole um i just find that it's a lot easier here uh at this moment not to be that <laughs> otherwise you know i'm a fucking disaster um for the most part uh like a dumpster on fire with, like, the worst kind of toxic garbage you can think about. Um, I I don't want that to be my end note. <laughs> I don't want that to be the sort of the, the final chapter on this life. And so I'm definitely trying to create, you know, the last third here, whatever it may be. You know, I survived the, the, the first part, which was, you know, tumultuous and fucked up and has, has definitely influenced me in the second part um, not in great ways in some ways yeah absolutely so maybe very resilient if I think about that um, more directly with the attitude of gratitude then it's fan fucking fantastic 
simultaneously, I obviously can <laughs> look at all the other stuff that has done a number on me for whatever reason. Um, but I'd like to get past all of that and move forward into whatever's left of what I got left. And I want that to have some sort of significance to myself and to my loved ones and people that I enjoy. So we'll see what we can do under the circumstances. Um, just got to keep trying, right? <laughs> I'll give you a key. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's like, I guess. There's so many other things that are that are going on beyond our own little legend in our in our own minds. And I think it's also important to surrender that as much as possible. I think that's probably the key, I would suppose, the real key. Um, especially um when you think about being enlightened, it's funny like how how you know they picked up on that idea of being woke and somehow woke as being you know a bad thing. I mean, only in America would we somehow, <laughs> with the help of the media and the and the right wing fucking fascist nutbaggery, decide that somehow the the values of of being so-called woke, right? I mean, I mean, what are so-called woke values, right? I mean, it's like the idea of of having some sort of enlightenment, of of like believing in equality and believing in fucking fairness and universal health care, I suppose, and um, you know, all the things that that give sort of the the theocratic neo Nazis a fucking panic attack and and make them clutch their pearls. And uh, whatever it may be, their their fantasy of 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 what we perceive as being freedom, the, their fantasy of it is, of course, you know, like the the funny meme that somebody posted of the of the uh, dominatrixes over the over the men in the gravel pit. You know, this is this is the future that they want. You know, that's like, I mean. I don't even know why it goes there, but it it's like they always take it to a whole different fucking level in their sort of perverse, repressed um, sense of being. And that's, that's what makes them sort of dangerous, I suppose, is that um, they repress so much of their sexuality and their desire for for themselves that it it gets really twisted and maligned in them and it comes out in really disgusting and horrible ways and typically at the end of a gun and all this other shit you know it's like Jane's addiction says you know there's no there's no sex in your violence man um you know it's it's prolific when you think about it that way so i don't think you can change these people i really don't when I saw that that literacy number uh, come up, that, you know, I keep saying, you know, fuck, uh, <laughs> I need to stop that. The literacy number came up and 
you know, doing the math, it's it's about the same as as the amount of people that we think are sort of like backwards. Um, they're not going to change. They're going to keep breeding and they're going to keep doing their thing. And if anything, they're gonna they're gonna get even bigger in some ways. Yeah, we have to believe it, right? It's it's not the survival of the strongest. It's the survival of the breeding concepts, and you really don't think about that until you start listening to some of their their dog whistles about you know how they need more white babies and you know all this other stuff that they want to make sure that the immigration is cut off to brown people. I mean, it's just really weird fucking shit, man. Um, and and they seem to be okay with it. That's the weird part. I mean, there's got to be, you would think, there's got to be a place that sometimes they like, you know, might have a little bit of wavering doubt, but that's, that's the other adage, right? Those of us that, that apparently are rational enough to understand that we are insane, because <laughs> you have to be to live in this world <laughs> for any length of time, um always have that little bit of doubt, you know, about what we're doing, what's going on, you know, is this the right move, where these these sort of screw-headed, you know, Christ-driven Nazi brutes have no doubt whatsoever, <laughs> no wavering doubt in their fucking ridiculousness of their concepts sometimes, you know, and, and even though when they're caught, like red-handed in, in some sort of bizarre dichotomy or something. I mean, even though I think I think some of you know um, growing up around very racist um, you know neo-Nazi type fucking people, um, and then they they'd be crazy about uh, women of color. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a second, how does that how does that compute, right? And so, you know, when I see, like, all these huge numbers of, you know, uh, missing uh, women uh, from reservations and, and, and different urban areas of, um, you know, BIPOC, as they say, whatever it may be, whether Hispanic or African American or, or of course, First Nations or Native American, you know, they have to really fucking wonder about that. You know, is there a connection there again? between the targeting of those particular exploitable individuals that seem to be seem to be easily written off by local forces for some reason um, it's just it's just very twisted it's very scary um, and it like I said it, it gets my head going so I uh, had to check out. You just just have to check out. That's that's all you can do. You can never leave, right? <laughs> you can check out any time. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at with that one. <clears throat> strange, strange times. Um, horrifying and and equally fascinating simultaneously. <laughs> that's probably why we picked it right that's why we decided to be <laughs> on this trip man um, 
the thing that I have noticed recently is is the pure joy of just riding around on a you know two wheels like a bear on a moped but <laughs> still um just just the amazing sort of street fighting that goes on for lane splitting and positioning and so forth and I remember being absolutely terrified of it and now I'm I'm probably overconfident about it. So I've gotta I've gotta slow my roll just a little bit I would imagine. Um it's funny to me to be sort of up and going and doing that at, at my size and age and weight. Um if I find the the local uh, delivery guy for, you know, whatever that may be here, food panda or, uh, what's the other one grab or something like that. I mean, I let them do the pass, you know, interference, man. I let them, I let them run the play and I just go along for the ride. Um, they seem to, to know how to jive and jive. Um, and they're carrying a full load, right? You know, they got to big pack on them, everything else like that. So they got some similar mobility issues, but it's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's a meditative process, meditative process for me that I'm not even, I'm so in the moment of, of doing it. That's one of the things I love about being on a bicycle or being on a motorcycle is, is again, you're so immersed in the environment. So I'm actually thinking about, um, going up to a bigger bike size, not, not much bigger, but I'm not, you know, I'm not middle-aged prostate vibrator crazy. Um, I don't need a Harley or anything else like that because I can't afford it. Um, or won't, won't pay the price for it. But I think I'd like to go back up to like, a what I had before when I was here. Um, you know, Honda makes a, makes like a 150 or a, 250, I think, Phantom. You know, it's just a little bike. It looks like a little bobber. And so, um, yeah, I'd like to get that. And then I think I would like to ride down south um, over a period of time, you know. Not all at once, because <laughs> I can knock the jar out of you. But, you know, a nice, decent, long motorcycle trip is just... Supreme man, and anybody knows, anybody's done it knows the the uh, the vitality of it. That's a good word for it. So we'll see. Yeah, granted, I could go up with a bigger bike size, but then what am I doing? I'm going to be balls out, and I'm going to miss the whole purpose of what I'm doing. And so if I go with a smaller bike, slower, it's fine. You know. You're grinding along like uh, Dumb and Dumber, right? <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. I mean, I used to do it when I lived in uh, Trang and go over the Krabi or even Phuket farther on. Um, you know, just take some kilometers for the day and just relax and enjoy yourself. And, you know, when you get tired, you just plenty of coffee or drinks along the side of the road and take a break and you hit it again and then um, when it gets time to bunk up for the night you find a place to stay and 
crap out and you just keep going after that you just break it up in stages so thankfully things are um economically priced here against the dollar so it doesn't take very much to to have an adventure like that the biggest biggest part of the expense of course is is getting here especially now um because flights are still uh, more expensive than they used to be and it may stay that way so you know, there's ways to do that, too. I mean, you can make an exchange or you can, you know, do a courier thing like I did. Uh, maybe, you know, there's there's ways. If you want to get it done, you'll get it done. <laughs> that's all there is to it. So once you do it, then that's that's the easy part. Everything else out of that just kind of falls into place. So, again, anything worth doing is, yeah... It's going to be risky and it's going to require a leap of faith. And that faith has got to be in yourself no matter what. So um, I encourage you to have faith in yourself just the same way that I do it for me. Uh, and yes, it will waver at times because you got a soul. <laughs> You're actually a, you know, a real person. Uh, you know, there's only a handful of people that, that this gets out to. And I would have to say that every one of them is, is actually a, a pretty decent, good person uh, with some sort of talent or interest in the world that, that is necessary. And so that, that always dumbfounds me slightly. And, and, and I don't take this lightly and I don't take it for granted, to be honest with you. And I know... Sometimes I get uh, a bit sentimental, especially when I get ready to wind things up. Because I do appreciate the fact that when I look at the analytics and I see people from all over the world listening to my palava, that somehow gives them some sort of entertainment, joy, whatever else. I mean, the comments usually are very supportive. I can't can't say that I've had a lot of negative. I think most people know that that's, <laughs> that's the wrong the wrong end to bite on with me anyway. Um, and so I don't try to be that way as well. I don't go out, you know, being negative. I and mean, then there's obviously things I don't like, the same as you. And we, most of us agree on that. We have the same values. And so we call out that stuff. And so, you know, the lines are, are, are pretty well drawn. And so people know. Um, and that's okay. I think, I think you have to, you have to express yourself very clearly, uh, when it comes to standing up for stuff you believe in. Um, if you don't sort of dig in your heels on the key issues, uh, people will constantly push you back and you'll lose, you'll lose ground. You lose traction on what it is that you're trying to believe or, or trying to support. Um, and if that's, you know, freedom of expression, then I'm all for it, for sure. I would say that anybody here, whether I know you directly or not, is an artist. You have some sort of artistic, you know, yearning within you. Maybe it hasn't been realized yet or actualized yet, and that's where that sort of having faith in yourself is important. Having enough moxie, enough ganas, enough, you know, 
whatever it is, chesticles or testicles, uh, to have the fortitude to take a chance on that, that which you know, your instinct, your gut is telling you, you need to do. And it's, it's, it's denial of that aspect that I would say causes the most grief, depression, um, take your pick, right? You know, uh, whatever it may be. So you got to find your own private Idaho. And for me, it's here. Right now, it's here, off world, here in the in the land of smiles, as they like to say, in the kingdom. But I understand it's also temporary, much like everything else is. So, I still want to be a good guest about that aspect of it. So, wherever you can find that place for yourself. It may be off-world hell. It might be a closet under your stairs, <laughs> which I've had the, what is it, Harry Potter experience more than once in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> anybody that, that was in the band Geek Mafia with me will, will testify to my many years of having my office in the, in the uh, percussion closet. <laughs> What is he doing in there? I'm like, I'm just taking a nap, studying. Hell, I had a TV in there one time. You know, after I got kicked out of there, I moved into the trunk of my car. So you know, what can I say? I was looking for a cave, like all bears, right? <laughs> all right. So you're an artist. You got something within you. you. Maybe you're already doing it, and that's that's even better. Kudos to you. Beautiful. Let people know, okay? Uh, otherwise, you might be listening to this because maybe you, you know me from whatever, one of the many incarnations, and I appreciate that. I really do. That means a lot to me because if it, it's not been the kindness for a lot of people in my life, I think about those dark days and when I dig out of them, when I get to the edge of the abyss and I look out there and I think, you know, I know some pretty cool people. It'd be a shame. It would be just a shame for that to end now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we got some more shit to do. We got some more adventures, right? So for sure, we'll take it to the edge, but only those that have been the edge know how far it is and so we'll take it again and again but we'll always come back because you're here and I'm here and that's enough as long as we try to get better whatever it may be whether it's in our art whether it's in our feelings whether it's in our in our physical self spiritual self whatever it may be just take it to the next level please you won't be disappointed. I promise you. You know this. <laughs> and I'm preaching to the choir, I'm sure. And if anything, it's a nice reminder to myself to keep doing what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> That's the key. All right. Be good. Love you.